It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phrases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's Your Life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And Noah, man, it feels so good to be back in studio. I love seeing your face on the other end of the glass, man. Oh. This is the way radio is supposed to be. Man, this is how it should be, man. And uh, I guess what, Noah? I brought my fantastic co-host. I know. Michelle's in studio, too. I have not seen her. It's been a long while. I love seeing you guys. Man, uh, you know, just like I I was telling you, it's kind of hard to get Michelle away from uh, uh, Texas. And um, when she she do, I'm going to drag her down to the studio every time, man, because there's no feeling like being in the studio. I mean, dealing with your guests, uh, seeing my producers, uh, just uh, just the surrounding. I, 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 you know, you miss this, Michelle. Don't don't pretend like you don't. I do miss Noah. It's so good to see you. <laughs> I Noah. love seeing you. <laughs> you know, it takes a lot for, to drag me away from my black lab, but you know, coming to California with James and seeing your face—that's that's that's rewarding. Now. Oh, now you just melted my heart. Thank you. <laughs> oh man. You know, Noah, man, we got a fantastic show. We do uh, our guest tonight, man, and I know it's gonna, it's going to just touch you immediately. We got Deacon Thomas G. Wright, and you know what we're gonna talk about today, Noah, is mentoring, uplifting, and encouraging men. You know, so you know we need that more than now, more than ever, James. We do, man. We do, and you know we have to be able to come together. And we have to be able to work with each other. I'm talking about men, women, black, white, pink, gold, purple. Doesn't matter. Religion. Everybody have to have a part in making sure that uh, we're uplifting and encouraging each other. And so uh, I, I tell you, my listening audience, uh, uh, just like you just heard me mention, we got Deacon Thomas G. Wright. And if you want to be part of the conversation, that's one eight eight eight. Three four four eleven seventy. Again, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Noah, before I even start saying anything, man, I gotta say thank you, thank you, thank you. Our one hundred live show yesterday with you being the great producer. Uh, from day one. Thank you, my friend. You are more than welcome. It's a great milestone. Here's to the next hundred shows. Man, <laughs> it is such an honor to be a part of this tremendous radio show. Oh, man, it's such an honor that you, uh, that the Salem Medium family has welcomed us in. Um, You're part of it, man. And uh, we're having so much fun. And so by by saying that, I, I want to get this, this great show started. Uh, Michelle, can you tell our listening audience, about the purpose of today's show. Yes, the purpose of today's show is getting to know Deacon Thomas G. Wright to learn how sharing his story in the book Faith for Fiery Trials, Men's Edition, affected his life, learn about his leadership style within the ministry, how he inspires and mentors other men to share their stories, and how his prayer life and his relationship with the Lord has enriched his life. Can you introduce this great guest of ours to our listening audience? Yes. Thomas G. Wright is a proud native son of Washington, D.C.'s inner city. He attended D.C. public schools and completed his primary education at Gonzaga College High School. He matriculated through the University of Maryland College Park with his B.A. in criminology in 1981, employed with the U.S. Department of Justice since 1982. He is currently an information technology manager for the Office of the Solicitor General and Office of Legal Counsel. He has been a member of Greater Mount Calvary Holy Church since 1987 and shortly thereafter accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Married to Paula since 1990, they are blessed with two sons, Thomas Alexander and Christian Charles, 28 and 25 years old, respectively. Mr. Wright is also the father of 31-year-old Evan James. 
saved, sanctified, and Holy Ghost filled. He is dedicated to the will of the Lord, the ways of his family, and the work of the ministry. Thomas is an active member of Greater Mount Calvary Holy Church, not just in word, but also in deed. An ordained deacon since 1989, he currently serves as chairman of the deacon board, leading over 50 men and serves on the Men of Valor Executive Board. For several years, he was a member of Set the Captives Free Prison Ministry and once served as assistant coordinator. He taught his first class in the accredited Calvary Bible Institute in 1996 and soon became a fixture of its faculty. He currently authors or selects other men to write the men's column for the magnificent. His major task in life is to be the best husband, father, man, and servant the Lord has called him to be. The scripture he lives by is Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, proudly presents Deacon Thomas G. Wright. Welcome to the show, Deacon Thomas G. Wright. Thank you. I, I, I just live say Deacon Thomas G. Wright. <laughs> How you doing, my friend? How you doing today? Fine. I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. And I, I really want to thank you for having me here. Uh, you and, and Sister Michelle and your producer, um, um, it's just an honor. It really is an honor. And, and I, if anyone comes on your show, they have to be upbeat because there's no way in the world sitting in front of you, you can be dragging. You have, got, you have more energy <laughs> from the time that I first talked to you up until now. So I, I really appreciate it, and I appreciate you um, having me and, and welcoming me uh, uh, with such fanfare, if you will. Hey, I really appreciate that, but uh, uh, everything that we do, we, we have, we have uh, followed and gotten uh, by that light uh, that uh, our Lord and Savior yeah, uh, put I in front of me. us. And Michelle and I, we just, we follow the light, <laughs> meaning that, uh, right. you know, we're going to uh, do all we can to obey and uh, do the best we can. It's, it's, it ain't time. People don't have time to be pouting and, and, and worrying about uh Things right. that happen in everyday life. So I really appreciate uh, uh, you saying that. And uh, I want to get started, Deacon. Is, uh, mm -hmm. Can you please introduce yourself to our audience? I know that uh, we just read your bio, but it's, it's what's not in the bio? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I am, um, I'm, again, I'm from the inner city of D.C. Uh, and when I say D.C., I mean Washington, D.C. We're so used to just saying D.C., as if everyone knows I'm talking about Washington, D.C. How can you not? Um, I, I've, I've lived there all my life, uh, except for a short stint out of the city. And, um, but, you know, I plan to stay here. I raised my, uh, rather, we raised our uh, kids here, our sons here. And uh, this city means a lot to me. It means a lot because I've watched the things that, has happened over the years. I've watched how the city has grown and how it has changed and um, wanting to continue to be a part of that because while there has been change, wonderful change, there also have been some very stagnant uh, areas and that uh, stagnation has affected, you know, especially our African-American uh, uh, families and, and the men uh, the greater uh, than uh, any other part of the city. So I, I want to see all of us excel. And if I can play or be a part of any of that, um, you know, I, I would think uh, that I've done what the Lord has called for me to do, uh, re wherever that may be, whatever that may be doing. Wow. Yeah. You know, that that's, uh, that's powerful right there. And, uh, yeah, I, I believe that we have to do, uh, the Lord's work and yeah. everything that we do. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I mean, DC, I love DC, man. I mean, I spent a lot of time there. I was in the military, retired, uh, Navy. Uh, uh -huh. and I, and I see, uh, you an IT, IT guy, IT manager. Uh, and, uh, uh, that's my background as well. So, uh, yeah. Well, the Lord, the Lord put, put this in play because I was, I was a paralegal and, and I went from a paralegal to a supervisor paralegal. And um, just so happened, the Lord had me to link up with a gentleman um, who I helped out. Uh, and unbeknownst to me, he was the uh, executive officer for the Office of the Solicitor General. And he just 
he just took to me and he wanted me to come over and be a part of his organization. And, uh, you know, some of the things he called for me to do, I'm just kind of moved into the IT department. So it was being the IT person for not only OSG, the Solicitor General's office, but the Office of Legal Counsel, which are two larger, uh, or I won't say larger, there are two of the higher offices in Justice Department. Wow. You know, uh, that is great. We're going to take a station break, but we're going to come back and continue our discussion with this great man. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet on Amazon and wherever audio books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, The True Life Coming of Age Story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer, San Diego. Streaming now on smart speakers and odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley and I tell you, we got Deacon Thomas G. Wright and uh, I tell you, we're getting ready to get off into this deep, deep, deep into it because he's an incredible guy. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we're going to uh, 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 share, get, get off in his story. And if you want to be part of the conversation, that's one 1170 Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. Hey, Deacon. Uh, now, so yeah. you mentioned you grew up in, in D.C. and mm-hmm. and uh, all the surroundings around that. Uh, and there had to be some impacts. And then yeah. uh, can you tell or describe to us how God brought you and your father together? Yes. I, I And I'm glad you asked that. Because during my introduction, I talked about and and listened as as your audience would hear um, things that I've done, uh, and I don't want anyone to get the impression that I've been saved from the womb. Um, I've lived a life uh, that clearly was not pleasing unto the Lord. Um, I've done things that had I been caught, um, I would have lost. Uh, I would have lost a lot. I, I could have been killed in the street uh, for places I've been and things that I were doing. Uh, could have got locked up for long times. Um, uh, but for whatever reason, um, the Lord had his hand on me, even when I didn't know him. And um, so I wanted to make sure people understand, you don't, you don't have to be this goody-two-shoe person for the Lord to be able to use you. 
As a matter of fact, he uses even uh, some of the worst that society may think he will use in order to uh, better the people that he that he has to impact. Um, he uses the foolish things to confound the wise, if you will. But my father and I, we uh, went to our first manpower in 19, I think it was 1994, uh, when it was at the, in Atlanta, Georgia. But growing up, um, I lived in a, a pretty violent household, and that violence was perpetrated against my mother, but it was also perpetrated against me and my siblings, um, my three sisters. I have an older brother, but he didn't live with us. Um, so it was growing up and having to deal with that, living on a street that a lot of people said was one of the worst streets in D.C., but to me, I loved it. D Street, uh, Bates Street was home to me. It was family to me. I, I knew that street. Um, even those, you know, in spite of what people said about it. But I realized after I grew up that, um, other people on, on, in, in my, in my neighborhood, as well as other neighborhoods, experienced some of those same things. But people didn't talk about it. You know, that commercial, uh, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Well, quite frankly, what happens in the household stays in the household. There was this perception to show your neighbors and your friends that um, we have a wonderful home here and, you know, things are going well and we have people who work, but they don't show the other side. And as a child, you think you're the only one going through it until you see it, again, perpetrated amongst other folk, then you realize, wait a minute, I'm not the only one having to live through this. So my father, um, my, him and my mother divorced uh, probably when I was around 12. They kind of split. And um, I remember once, uh, after some years later, one of his friends came up to me and said, you know, you know your father's in the hospital. It looks like he's dying. Uh, he, or rather, he might not make it. And I looked at him very matter-of-factly and said, um, so what are you telling me for? Uh, as if I didn't care. And, um, and, and I really didn't because of all that I had gone through. So our, our relationship was completely strained or cut off, if you will. But um, it wasn't until in the uh, 86, 87 era when I had my friend who I've known since we were babies. His mother and my mother were friends. And he came, you know, he stayed in my life and he got saved. And he kept trying to get me to come to church. And I kept trying to get him to come on, let's go back to the club and back and forth. But eventually I did uh, go to that church and I got mad at him because I thought he told the pastor my business. And come to find out, it was just the Lord speaking to me, getting my attention. And I kept going, I kept going, and I realized this is, what I've been living is not really living. What I'm hearing, I've never heard before, but it rings so true in my spirit that I want to keep coming back. And because I kept coming back, because I got saved, because I allowed the Lord to work on me, I then uh, found out that my father, who had been saved now for so many years, was talking to that very friend of mine. And he told him, don't badger him, just stay with him, and he'll come to the Lord. So I, I you know, I didn't know that until after the fact. And when I finally found out my father was saved, and we, we came together and we just started talking, and I'm realizing this is not the same man I grew up with. How did you change so drastically? And I realized it was the Lord in his life. And seeing the change that he had made, this wasn't no just word of mouth change. This wasn't something that he was talking and doing something different. I watched him, and he not only talked it, but he walked it. And uh, I remember even once telling my sons when they were small, this man you see is not the same man I grew up with, but it's just, it's, it, it was the Lord showing me that redemption is true, that people can change, 
and that he is a change maker. And, and with that, you know, I never look back. I never, uh, again, question why I went through all of what I went through, but I believe what I went through was for somebody else, for me to share it with someone else so I can help them go through some of the issues that I went through. Yeah. Deacon Thomas, do you think, do you think your mentorship of so many men is directly connected to the situation with your father? I think so. I think so. Because I, I found out that man to man relationships are a lot more important than we give them credit for. You know, it's you've always heard or the, 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 the saying that it takes a man to raise a boy into a man. And so that's why mothers who have single fam- single um, family households that are headed head by mothers, that's why they're always looking for or it's always good that they can find a person or an organization of men that will help to mentor their sons to become men. Because you, you can't, you, you, I, I won't say that a woman can't raise a boy into a man. But I think the ability of a man to speak to a boy's issues is a lot more prevalent and it's a, it rings a lot truer when they're doing it as opposed to a woman. And again, I'm not saying that a woman cannot raise a boy into a man. I know it's been done. Um, but it's so much easier when that woman can turn him over, turn that young man over to a man or group of men who, who will take on the challenge of mentoring. And so I think my relationship with my father, seeing uh, how it was prior to, and then seeing how it became, um, it let me know that there, there has to be some connection. I have a, a task that's on me that I need to complete, and that is to speak to men's issues and let them know um, that what you've been through uh, does not define you. What, what you're going through does not uh, cause you to be something that you're not. You can really be something more than what you see. Or, than, or more than what people have told you. Um, you often hear women look at their young child and go, you're just like your father. And they're saying it in a negative way. Well, when I say you're just like your father, when I heard it, it means to me I'm like my God that's in heaven, who is my heavenly father. So that's who I want to emulate. I look to him, what are the things that he did for his children? And, and then I can use that, or that can be used also as a guide to how we deal one-to-one or a one-to-a-group or group-to-group as far as men are concerned. So I, I, I really think I was called, or a part of what the Lord has called me to do is to work with men, work with young men, and, and to be honest, to share from truth. I, I don't have any... Uh, you, I'm not looking for anything from anyone, and most mentors aren't. We're not looking for you to put anything in our pocket or pat me on the back. If you walk away from our conversation, if you walk away from the relationship and you've gained anything, if you've learned something that you can l- use to enhance your life, then you're the better for it. I've done something that's meaningful, which is to give you a chance to do something that maybe your life didn't look like it was going in that direction. Wow. wow. You know, man, uh, this is, this is so, uh, knowledgeable and, uh, our listening audience need to know these, this information because, uh, you mentioned something that kind of struck a bell. A lot of, uh, wives or girlfriends or whoever might say, yeah, you just like your father. You ain't going to be nothing. You're not going to do this. You're not going to do that. And those are painful words, and uh, they can't be taken back. I mean, yeah. once it comes out, they cannot be, be taken back, and that's those yeah. are painful. But we're going to take a station break. But we're going to come back and continue to have this great discussion with this great man. It's your life from James Cooley. 
There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. There is much truth in a journey that ain't over yet, as all of us journey through life's precious gifts of time, just like I have. Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. This is a must-listen to for anyone who thinks they are stuck in life or need to understand that their current situation is not their final destination. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet is the unfiltered truth to provide hope for the future by challenging you to refuse to become a victim of life's circumstance and dare to be an overcomer because a bigger, better, and a more impactful life awaits you. Get the new audio version of my book Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet on Amazon and wherever audiobooks are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, The True Life Coming of Age Story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Streaming now at TheAnswerSanDiego.com and Odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And uh, I tell you, we got uh, Deacon Thomas G. Wright. And I tell you, he's putting it down because... He mentioned something a minute ago uh, about the relationship between a, a father and a son, whether the mother is raising the kids or not. The, the relationship between a father and son cannot be replaced, whether it's good or bad. I'm not saying all re- relationship between father and son is going to be great. And, and Noah, during the break, you, you had mentioned something like that. Yeah, it's, you know, I have actually friends where, you know, mom has raised the boys and she's done a a, a spectacular job. But there is something like you said, whether it's a good or a bad relationship that a father has with a son, there's that bond and you cannot in any way replace it. It Is It's something that is extraordinary. And this, uh, you're you're absolutely right, because uh, um um, my mom <laughs> raised us. I mean, I knew it was uh, seven boys, uh, and uh, you know, I, I, I tell you, it's uh, not having a father uh, around in your life uh, during a lot of that time. And uh, mom gonna do the best job that she can. Uh, but uh, if a father come around and just be in your relationship a little bit, that could have some positive influence. Or Real quick, James, influence. for a father, that's actually a, a huge part of the equation. Just being there is a huge thing. You're absolutely right. So our listening audience, if you want to be part of this great conversation, that's one 888 Again, that's one 888 Deacon Thomas, what was it like to share a portion of your story in Faith for Fiery Trials, Men's Edition, and do you think it's important for men to share their stories? I think it's absolutely important for men to share their stories. Um, it was it was kind of tough for me to put down on paper um, my relationship, my issues, uh, or what I wanted to share um, because I I actually it's it's almost like you're digging up some stuff that you may have wanted to forget or you may have put it. Uh, back into the recesses of your mind. But um, it, it was important for me to get it out, uh, my relationship, to get it out, um, what was going on, and uh, to let let men know it's, it's all right uh, if you're struggling, but you don't have to 
remain struggling. All the stories in, in the book, all the uh, issues in the book, it's about men overcoming uh, life's challenges um, and uh, becoming successful only by the grace of God, where, where we're allowed to, um, to pursue the Lord um, and do the things he's called for us to do. So I, I think it's, it's really important for men to share. Um, you know, we share a lot of the, the stuff that I call the facade, the stuff that's on the outside, how I, you know, this is how you, you know, you get the six pack and this is how you, you know, you um, get your skin and your, your beard. And this is the kind of car you drive. But, and yeah, but how did, what made you get up this morning? What, what made you pursue uh, the challenges of life? How did you deal with the issue when uh, your wife couldn't take you no more uh, because of your abuse or um, any of those things? We, we need to learn and know the truth and, and experience those types of things. Uh, and that's what I liked about this opportunity, this book, was we were able to share in, in such a great way. Deacon Thomas, uh, producer Noah here in the booth. What is your encouragement to other men? Maybe they're thinking about writing their story. I know, I mean, I'm one to talk. I, I do have a very busy schedule. However, that's no excuse. I have a tremendous story. I've been a single father since my kids were three. They're 23 now. I've always wanted to write my own memoir. Have not done it yet, but it is something that I'm going to do. Maybe they're thinking about it. They're like, okay, well, no one's going to pay attention to my story. What would you tell them to give them encouragement to actually do it? I would say do it because it's not about whether someone else will read it. Sometimes it's not about the impact that you think it may or may not have because you really don't know what impact that's going to have. You raising your, your, your children as a uh, um, single father, there are a lot of single fathers, but you never hear or you rarely hear uh, that, that talked about. And I think it's, it would be absolutely essential for you or for anyone else to write their story, specifically when I'm talking about you, because guess who's going to read it first? Your child. And they'll get to see what dad went through. They'll get to see what dad felt like and that he wasn't always up, that he wasn't always what he thought to be uh, a great dad. One of, the, one of the challenges that I had or one of the things I, I – I, often say and, and believe to myself is I've never questioned, doubted, um, thought about anything more than the issues that concern my children. Those are the things that will keep me up. I have, a, I have a nightmare, a reoccurring nightmare now that I lost my son uh, when we were at Virginia Beach and he was in the water and I thought I almost lost him to drowning. And I, did, he, I didn't. He's grown up. He's a grown man. And do you know, to this day, I still have those nightmares. I still ask the Lord to remove that from me. It's because of the love and the care that you have for your child. So I would say to any man, please put your story down on paper. Don't think that you have to be this, the great orator, this great literary giant to put down on paper what you believe and feel in your heart. Because the people that need to read it will read it, and they will get out of it what they need to get out of it. And what's in your heart, I mean, that's ultimately what is more important. And how has your relationship with the Lord helped you become a better father? I mean, that to me is probably the Lord's going to teach you as you're going through the you know, the day-to-day and becoming a better man and a better father. So what did, has he taught you that's so important? Um, he's taught me to stay in the fight. Don't give up. And he's, 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 he's let me know they are listening. As much as you talk, as much as you don't think that they are listening, they are listening. I, I'll tell you something. My, one of my sons said, my wife threw me a surprise birthday party when I turned 55. She liked throwing these surprise birthday parties on me. And um, my sons, one came up from school from Delaware, the youngest one, and the oldest one was here. And I was, it was great to see him. But one of them, my oldest, or uh, my oldest with my wife, 
he got up because they were, had to have words. And I'm going to tell you something he said that still sticks with me. He said, it would be easier for me to tell you what my father doesn't do. He has no idea the impact that had. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's deep. That's deep. Now, Deacon, can can you uh, tell us why you think men shy away from turning to the Lord until it's the I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's almost over and they, you know, there's nowhere else to go. I mean, so, uh, I think we all been there or some kind of way, but, uh, uh, can you explain that to our, uh, listening audience that, uh, we don't have to wait to it's the last resort. No, I, I think, um, we men turn away or don't turn away from the, or don't turn to the Lord for a number of reasons. I think one of them is because we want to be in control of our own destiny. We don't, you know, I'm a man. Nobody tells me what to do. I stand on my own two feet. And you, when someone relates to you what the Lord can do for you, especially when you call him not just Savior, but Lord, you now think that you are uh, are no longer in control. But you forget the fact that uh, that the Lord has given us free will, and he's given us choices. So you're, you're, you don't lose anything. You actually gain more than you'll ever lose. I thought I lost my, when, when I got saved, my friends walked away. But when I realized that he replaced those friends with new people, uh, new brothers, and he even brought back some of the old friends. But I had to walk alone for a minute. He, he, he cleaned up my life. So drugs were no longer a part of my life. Well, that affected my health. So now I'm healthier. I eat better. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sleeping around. I remember my mother said, called me one day when I was unsaved, of course. But she looked at me. She said, you're a little whore. And I, said, I looked at her and said, thank you. I thought it was a compliment. But now I can look at my wife and realize I've been with her and only her. For, for for 30 years as, as, a, as a husband, that's an accomplishment. So I think the Lord has a whole lot more to offer us than what we think. And I believe when we listen to these stories of men, we'll find out that being with the Lord is a whole lot better than being without him. You are absolutely right, man. And uh, uh, what you just said, a lot of, Man is not going to admit that to themselves. I mean, uh, less when somebody else tell them. And uh, and and and, and in society today, a lot, uh, unfortunately, a lot still think that that's a compliment. Uh, And uh, but I believe that we truly find ourselves uh, with the Lord, uh, and uh, we have to walk that path, man. Yeah, we have to walk that path. We have to get rid of the ego, the male ego, where you know I I'm in charge. I'm I'm the only one around here. So, but I tell yeah. you what, you putting it down, and we're gonna take a station break. But if you want to be part of this conversation, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seven. Again, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seven. It's your life. I'm James Cole. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. 
Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, The True Life Coming of Age Story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James J.C. Cooley. Available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. FM 96.1. North County. AM 1170. San Diego. The answer. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and I'll tell you, we got Deacon Thomas G. Wright, and uh, he is saying this guy's incredible. Uh, I am feeling it uh, because uh, I tell you, a lot of things that he's talking about, uh, I actually lived that myself and actually went through a, a lot of things and um, and wasn't shame about it at the time. <laughs> wasn't I thought it was just great. And I know a lot of, of people that are listening is probably, they know that they probably living that way now or they did, uh, but you have to admit it to yourself. Noah, in order for you to even reach up and, and follow light, you have to admit it to yourself. You have to admit it to yourself. We, you know, we were talking about ego. I think at some point, all of us as men have an uh, issue with that. And it's about humbling yourself. Because if you don't, the Lord will find a way to humble you in his way. He will. And he will. So if you want to be part of this conversation again, that's one 888 No, I think we got a couple of callers on. Uh, who, who was the first caller? We on? do. Let's go to Steve first from D.C. How you doing, Steve? I'm doing well. How are you? Man, I am. I'm feeling it, man. I tell you, this brother is putting it down and. It's, it's, you know, you, you got to open up your ears. It, no doubt, no doubt. And I am enjoying your show. I'm enjoying this brother. Uh, I am a friend of his, and I had to call in because only half the story is told. Uh, I was blessed enough to be one of the brothers, one of the other nine brothers that was uh, uh, did the uh, collaboration. And so I know I've been knowing him for years. Hurry up, Paula. Hey, JC. I think we lost. JC, everything. I know you're 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 back. We had a little bit of a technical difficulty. We lost the caller as I was trying to get Thomas back on. So, Steve, if you're listening, give us a call. Yeah, I don't even hear the show in the background. Noah. Well, I I I had um. You, you should should be able to hear now. Yes. Okay, got it now. <laughs> yes. You know, I, I hope Steve called back. Uh. You know, so uh, Steve, if you listening, please call back. Uh, do we have another caller? Uh, uh, Steve no? is calling back right now, so let's put, oh, let, let's put Steve back in. Steve, you're on. Yes, yes. We lost you there, um, bud. Go ahead, ask ask your question for uh, for Deacon Thomas. Yes. Yeah, so my question simply is going to be this: It's more of a statement. I would like for him to share because he said that your your sons listen listen. And they uh, are watching what you do, but not just your sons. Uh, could you share with the audience how your family watched and listened when you got saved and how that was a sort of like a domino effect in your own uh, family? Yes. Thank you, Steve. That's a great question. And Steve was one of my best friends, so he, he, did, he didn't start off with that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I... I because my family knew me. My family knew the things that I was doing. Uh, like I said, my mother called me a whore, and, and I took it as a compliment. Uh, uh, they knew I was smoking weed and, and doing other drugs that they probably didn't know I was doing, um, committing crime that they didn't know I was committing. But when I got saved, they saw in me that all of that stopped. And uh, there was a complete change with me. My language changed. My uh, continents changed, and I, I I didn't want to be around anything that was not of God. I didn't want to be. I, if you smoke, I didn't I didn't get on you, but I walk out the room. If you were doing, if I thought somebody was in there drinking, I I would leave. I'm not going to be around it. 
when they saw me with uh, Paula, that's all they saw me with. Uh, that's the only person they saw me with. So it was my lifestyle. And then when I invited them to church and they saw, wait a minute, this same child that I grew up with or this same child that I raised and, and it, you know, I now look at them in, in church and he's respected in church. He's been made a deacon in church. I'm, I've been the chairman of the deacon board for over 20 years. I was the longest serving deacon chairman at Greater Mount Calvary. And when they saw all of that, my mother got saved, my sisters got saved, my cousins got saved, and I have a pretty knit, close-knit family. Um, and every, it, just, it, it was just a domino effect because they said it's got to be something to it for him to have changed and become, you know, this new person. It, this, this is no joke. It's something to it. Wow. That's that's a, a great question that you asked, Steve, and uh, a fantastic answer, Deacon. Fantastic. I, I think we got another caller on the line, uh, Noah. Yeah, we do. Right here from San Diego, we have Freddie has got a question. How you doing, Freddie? <laughs> How you doing, brother? Man, you, you have some great shows. I hope you don't get tired of me calling anyone. But, man, uh, 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 it's an honor hearing um, uh, Deacon um, Thomas G. Wright. It really is. And um, when he was talking about um, a house that have a fatherless, uh, you know, have, don't have any fathers there. And I was a counselor in um, Lancaster. And a lot of the boys, uh, you know, they didn't have fathers in the house. So a lot of them they joined gangs that became their family. And so uh, after I had the boys wow in the group home, and then I was able to talk to them and you could tell that um, how, I mean, you could, okay. In so many words, they uh, talk about how they regret their father not being there. Mm-hmm. And so, and so by being in the gang, they have a persona, you know, they start the drinking and being tough and all that kind of stuff. And I, uh, you know, I think that um, organization like Big Brother and all that where some of these boys can have a father or a role model so they could uh, keep on a straight and narrow. And so um, I'm thoroughly enjoying this show right here. I really am. Man, you know, hey, Freddie, uh, I appreciate you calling in. You can do it every show, man. I love it. And uh, I I tell you, uh, the deacon is... uh, he really putting it down, and I, man, I tell you, uh, Noel and I already talked about uh, booking him for a uh, part two already. <laughs> you know, so but I, I tell you, uh, I want to get to. Uh, 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 can you share with the listening audience about the experience being a member of the set, the captive free prison ministry? I, 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 I am all interested in that. Uh, when I was a member of set the captive prison ministry. It was really one of the most wonderful experiences that I had as a as a, a Christian man, because many of the guys we we went to a place that was called Lorton Reformatory, but it was Lorton Prison. Um, it was a prison that because DC didn't have its own prison, it was a prison in Virginia, and uh, me and um, uh, Cosby Cottrell, pastor who was pastoring now and um, uh, Timothy Johnson, who was a deacon, and uh, um, Booker Howes, who was, uh, was a minister at the time, uh, we all drove down, and I would support Pastor Cottrell or uh, Minister Howes as they delivered the word. And, you know, whatever was needed, I was there. But the thing that, that really struck me was these people were, were in a place that I should have been there, you know, it was only by the grace of God that I didn't have a, a number for a name and I didn't have a prison for a place. It was only by the grace of God. And so I think that prison ministry uh, is very vital for men to go uh, and visit other men because while they're there, they're coming out, and we have to give them something to come out for. So whether it's resume writing, whether it's 
uh, education, uh, uh, whether it's learning how to read, whether it's uh, job interviews, whatever it may be, the best that we can do is be an example to them and to give them some, uh, some assistance so that when they come out, they don't go back. Wow. The last thing you want is for them to have to go back. You, you're absolutely right. And, you know, I'm going to be honest, man. We're running out of time. But uh, 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 but uh, I promise you, brother, I promise you, if uh, you take the time to come back on, we'll, we'll be able to continue to talk about these things because they're important. I, I especially want to know a little bit more about your uh, prison ministry, uh, uh, about a lot of other things that you're doing with uh, um, your families, men, women, youth, because uh, I all of those are down the alley. But real quickly, real quickly, how can our listening audience get in touch with you? Uh, can, we got 30 they, seconds. They can connect with me. It's Thomas or TG Wright Enterprises.org. TG Wright Enterprises.org. That's my uh, website. And my email is TG Wright Enterprises at Gmail. Dot com again tg right enterprises at gmail.com and if i may real quick two things one i want to thank bishop alfred a owens and co-pastor Susie owens they have been a tremendous tremendous and made a tremendous impact in my life and today you had them on the phone uh, on on the call brother cooley uh, uh pastor or minister bernard purry him and his wife. Today marks the fourth year that their daughter, Kayla, has been uh, went on home to glory. And I, I just want to let them know that we're still thinking about them and we're still praying for them. Wow. You know, that's yeah. uh, we uh, I want to uh, reconnect with uh, uh, all of you. Everybody that uh, Dr. Uh, Mason has sent me been absolutely fantastic. But I, yeah, I want to thank uh, uh, Michelle Cooley, my great uh, uh, co-host. I want to thank my great producer, uh, Noah. I want to thank our listening audience for taking time to be a part of this. Uh, of course, Deacon, I want to thank you. And I always keep in mind that we're looking for sponsors so we can continue to bring these great messages to you. You know what? We'll be back tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show, or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been The James Cooley Show. It's your life, where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big at everything that you do. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley.